Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon for the first of two podcasts coming in your feed this week. So you need to be subscribed on Acast, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. You need to follow us in the cesspit at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, that's it. Just wait till, wait till we're doing the pod to uh, sort your microphone out. Yeah, How are yeah. you doing there? That's JB. Hello, Tim. <laughs> and that is Phil. Hello, Tim. Right, so this podcast is going to focus on the Six Nations, and uh, I was going to say what a weekend, but actually, it, well, th- there were there were two games that were quite exciting. There were only two games, weren't there? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think unfortunately, Scottish fans and Italian fans, if you happen to be an Italian fan, but I don't think your game deserved a great deal of chat. No. Stuart Hogg deserves a mention. Stuart Hogg definitely does. That try was unbelievable. Didn't see it. I actually haven't seen any of the highlights of it. So I, was, I was playing rugby. I was playing against West Park St. Helens yeah. this week in what can only be described as an amazing match. An amazing <laughs> match. Better Both, than the 17 0 Scotland Italy? It was 13 14 to us, or something like that. Or 14. No, 13 12. 13 12. One observation, which I watched the, um, the France Wales game in a bar, well, in a hotel bar in Exeter with Hugo Monnier of. Obviously, oh, yeah. of BT Sport, and amongst some various other people. Friend, and friend of the pod. Friend of, friend of the yeah, pod. Obviously. And Ugo pointed this out. He said, compare the way Roman Untermach just nonchalantly just got up and ran back to the halfway line or ran back to take a conversion after he scored a very, very important try versus Adam Hastings celebrating like he'd won a World Cup. <laughs> Actually, mm. maybe I shouldn't. I might be throwing Ugo under a bus if I say no, that. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> if, no, no. If, if there's a man that could take the impact of, of no. a bus, it is definitely Ugo. <laughs> he's, a, he, he's a big boy. And that's a very astute observation. And if we do edit it out, I will claim that as my own. So, <laughs> um, um, this, this game, sorry, this, the Scotland Italy game, watch the full thing. I was so disappointed for both teams that there weren't more tries in it. Because both teams, when there was. Um, some turnover ball. They both wanted to play. They both had good ambition, went wide early, attacked the line, broke the line, mm-hmm. but could not get over the try line. And that was the most disappointing thing, that this this could have finished 36-38, but it didn't. It was 
a much worse game, is this, or the scoreline was much worse than the game suggested. Is this too simplistic a thing to say for Italy? It's that they do lots of things well. Like you say, they go wide early. They actually make a lot of ground on, in outside channels. But because they do it all the time, you know exactly what's coming. <laughs> all they need is a slight bit of variation, and it might make that more effective. Yeah. And you, well, a bit more variation, I think, yes, would help, because they are reliant on a few people. Um, Take Paledri. Paledri. If they're going tight, Paledri. They mm-hmm. need Paledri. If they're going wide, uh, Minotti. And Hay- Haywood did have a very good game. In R- the when, when, when we do the uh, the domestic podcast in a couple of days, you'll have to remind me to mention how is Jake Paledri not a starter at Gloucester? It's ri- <laughs> <No>. absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway, isn't it? Anyway, I think we've, I feel like I feel a little bit like we've already talked too much about that game. Yes, uh, I'll just say it again. Stuart Hogg, mag- that was magnificent. That worth was worth so the money. Afterburners. Yes. Do you know what this game makes me think? Like, all the games make me think. This is, this is the weekend that history repeated itself. This is how... This is, should have been the way of the world, basically forever. This, these set of results. Italy are not particularly good. Scotland are kind of just a bit better than Italy. And then Wales and Ireland are sort of jobbing for, you know, the supremacy of the second tier of the Six Nations as the two big countries ba- um, battle it out. That is how it should always have been. Except for, you know, we had Gatland, who was an, an enormous disruptor. And then, you know, the Irish have done very, very well. But, like, the Irish and the Welsh are basically the same now. And, you know, England and France are powering on. This It did feel like the natural order was restored a little bit it this did. weekend. Certainly in terms of the, the powers. Yeah. England, England and France overpowering Wales and Ireland and then... As you said, the other two kind of also also runs. Yeah, I mean Wales were Wales remind me of Scotland now, which is Scotland play lovely rugby, low ambition, no substance, and that's Wales. They're just careless and loose. Oh, well, yeah, Wales have got so they've got some really good things going on. Go on, you tell me the good things um, because I can't think of many. So good things, their pack generally went pretty well. Mm, Dan yeah. Bigger is. Sensational. Yeah. Dan Bigger is sensational. There is no he's my favourite player on the planet. So yes. <laughs> he he Dan Bigger, I absolutely love him. I think he was brilliant. I've been saying this for quite some time now. They've got a huge they've got a nice squad. They've got huge experience across that squad in lots of positions. Um and for all that, the the big issue, the thing that let them down this week was their decision making repeatedly. And a great example is the end of that first half when Alan Wynne jones at least twice, turns down kickable penalties. Oh, my God. Uh, and with hindsight, if they've scored the try with hindsight, we would have been saying, great decision, bold decision, and paid off. As it happened, he turns down um, consecutive options for three points and eats half of the, penal- uh, half the yellow, yellow card. card. Yes, It was just, it came across as crazy. And at the first one, I say, no, take you three. Take your three, get off. You've got ten minutes then to play in the second half. Completely agree, mate. Well, I, I actually don't mind that decision to go for the jugular. It was it was an execution issue because especially when I, I was watching it going, what what are France doing? Why why is Gail Fiku going to number eight? Yeah, genius. Because I, yeah, no where rem- is the space? No. Yeah, well, well, like hold on, you've just handed Wales like. With good skill and execution, that should be, if you put one of your wingers at number eight, they're sh- five metres out, you should be able to do a, like a training drill, yeah. hands in in one corner or the other. Now, yes. I might be you wrong should here. be able to, done right, right? 100%. I do not know what the laws are, right? But something interesting happened in the game we played yesterday. This is Talk H, 
right? And I, I am going to come back to Wales because I know everyone wants to talk about <laughs> But I know everyone wants to talk about well, They're all comparable. Yeah, they are comparable. Yeah. Um, I think I compared my experience of playing... Uh, <laughs> you, it was... I, I know what you were going to say. It was, it was it? Exeter struggling in Europe to Broughton Park not being able to beat Liverpool St. Helens. Something like Broughton Park. Who? Talk <laughs> H, right? Talk, talk oh, maybe Talk, talk H. H. Ding. Um, yeah, so we had a red card and the week before I must have had a yellow card. But the ruling by the referee on both occasions was you have to have eight in the scrum for Bollocks. safety reasons. That is nonsense, isn't it? Bollocks. Un- unless it's junior it's level. Dif- yeah, unless it's I think, different I think it's at lower level. Le- I think it's junior levels. I don't think we were playing under fives. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> unless, unless... Did you have a good week? Because <laughs> yeah. the, the whole point of rugby is the laws are the same elite level down to grassroots, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, but there are so the, like interchanges at lower level. So yes. there are some things that are different. Mm. But that, that's a men on the I field. Think that's, a, that's a choice. I, I th- it might be the case at Colts or lower. Well, tw- two weeks running, we've been told we need eight in the scrum. Well, maybe, so I, maybe it is a law then. I'm I'm definitely surprised at that. Yeah, but, I'm but I don't pretty know. sure that you don't need but eight. It definitely in isn't at international level. Yes. That much we can but, say. So, but, yeah, going back to that, yeah. the, and that's the next point about the decision making. That was a really good example of there is space, and instead of attacking the space, they chose to go one out runners. And if anyone's watched France in the past three weeks since Sean Edwards has been um, defence mm. coach, or if any of those players had watched Wales in the past 10 years, 15 years when Sean Edwards was defence coach, you know it's incredibly difficult to break down a Sean Edwards coach team on their own line. Mm. It was, and that was it just be. stupid. I mean, they don't have... Yeah, I mean, you say they put it in hands and uh, in the corner, which is fine. But actually, you don't have to drop anyone back, do you? Because you're, you're on the five metre. It's, it's especially... Just, it's especially difficult to score from a five metre scrum, uh, say Falatau running out when Fakatawa is a mile offside. Yeah, you look at the stills. There's a still of Falatau with his hands with the ball, uh, hands on the ball, with the ball still on the deck, and Fakatawa is. It's a five metre scrum. Fakatawa yeah. is halfway between the try line and the five metre. Yeah. No wonder he gets hit. I, I was really cheesed. He's ahead of the behind so, foot, I, so I thought I, I was really cheesed off with Matthew Carley on that and for for a number of reasons. Uh, but it still doesn't excuse the fact there was simple hands and a score. So, so I don't mind that they didn't take the three on that particular occasion. I've got to say. But like you say. I hated the, it because I think the whole point of the captaincy is you know how the ref is reffing it and you react to him your job isn't to agree it's to comply you then know and, the, well, the tell, try to tell, you better tell Dan Bigger that yeah well <laughs> um, there's also the idea that um, sorry that you've also got to know what your team is capable of so obviously he thought he was capable and the last part about this is once he made that decision he made a rod for his own back because when that penalties are effectively repeated the second time yeah, round. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Like, psychologically, do you say, I, w- I was wrong, go get the three? And yeah. actually, three points would have won it. I mean, it, that was the difference, I think. And it was, it's a sunk cost fallacy that you think, all right, I've gone, I've gone for it once, therefore I've You've got, got to go You've talked about again. this before, playing on tilt, yeah, if chasing there's losses. Bit, there's a bit playing on tilt and there's the sunk cost. He would have, at the second time, he still would have been better to take the three. Yeah, uh, yeah he but, got a let off. So do you remember, this, this game... Really reminded me of, and I, I looked it up. It was Wales versus Scotland at Murrayfield three years ago, 2017, when Alan Wynne Jones was captain. And Alan Wynne Jones, so I had it in my head until very recently, Alan Wynne Jones was not a captain, was not right to be captain. Mm. And it was this game, Scotland Wales, three I remember years ago, one. and he made multiple bad decisions. And then in the last year, He's been brilliant and 
made all the right decisions at the right times, and then this just reminded they me. They should of, have some sort of system where that weakness. You get a guy in just for his intellect, and he has to pass like quizzes and uh, you know different sort of tests, you know different score lines, different probabilities. Remembers them, and you can still have Al, uh, you can still have Alan Wynn as your captain, but then you need to refer to someone. Maybe someone you stick out on the wing. Yeah, you can come up to you and say, "Yeah, actually, this, 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 and this." Or even better, have one of the water boys do it. Yeah, water boys. Perfect. I mean, they've got to run on with water anyway. Well, you, you've got a British and Irish Lions captain in and former Wales captain in um, Warburton. Yeah, being a water boy. Exa- I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Um, but yeah, it would have been just the, those errors, those captains' errors, and they cost because at the end of the game, if there was slightly different positioning towards the end of the game, um, for example, when they had the Repeated scrum penalties. Um, original loose mm. first choice lucid sorry, first choice tight head gets sent off, and Denver Bamba comes on, smashes them everywhere, and smashes them. Well, yeah. uh, Wayne Pivak was very upset about that as was well. He? Said that um, Denver Bamba uh, Denver Bamba came on and just scrummaged sideways. That's nonsense. Mm. He's a tight head. I mean, it's very hard. To, I mean, if he's going sideways, there's multiple things that, things that you can do. It also means that probably he's got a little bit of pressure from the loose head, much like Ellis Gendra's doing today, which I do not mind at all. Um, I mean, it's just, it's not that he, it's not like a loose head way. It's so obviously sideways. I mean, I, I don't buy that at all. Well, I mean, they I, lost fair and, I fair think and what, square. Yeah, well, no, I think what you can say is that there's, there's a magic eight ball element of scrums. Yes. And there is a lottery. You're always yeah, open. As long as you're dominant, you win. Is kind of how I look at Generally, it. Generally, yeah. Generally, yes. Um, uh, well, let's get on to the, uh, just just tapping into the officiating. And I, I don't. I, you I, really got it in for Matthew Carley today. I can tell. I'm really disappointed. You're itching because Wayne Barnes was on the touchline, mm-hmm. and he's been an absolutely outstanding. Well, he is an absolutely outstanding international referee, best in the world. Yep. Best of his generation. And they're clearly going, right, we need to bring these English guys through, Luke Pearce and obviously Matthew Carley. Mm. Yeah. They picked a big game for him. And I think it's clearly, he'll, he'll learn a lot from it, I'm sure, and he'll, and he'll be a great ref. I think he bottled it. I don't know. I mean, On the knock-on, the, delib- the so deliberate knock-on. He absolutely bottled that decision. I, I, I like that, um, that, that decision. I really? Thought, yeah, I thought the player's eyes were so? on the tackle. He raps. I mean, he doesn't d- rap. He, d- he does. It was a good tackle. He doesn't um, rap. He does. He wraps his arms. Not with the arm that hits the ball, he with, doesn't. With the arm that hits the ball. I mean, oh. I actually thought... Come on, think about how you, you tackle. If you remove you the ball... You don't tackle like... Th- you don't tackle... You've not seen me tackle. Um, <laughs> um, I think if you remove the ball from that picture and says, just said, this was a tackle, you'd say, yeah, that, that look, that's how people tackle. That is a, a well-formed tackle. Oh, I disagree with that. I, I, I was happy with it. I, I didn't have... I, so I didn't have an issue with the way it was officiated, actually. I, I was, I'm disappointed because I've seen so many of those given as a yellow card and a penalty. Yeah, or yellow card and penalty try potentially in the Premiership. That is, uh, I'm telling you, if that had happened today in a Premiership game, Matthew Carley would have given that mm. yellow card. I, I possibly, possibly. Possibly. possibly, if there wasn't as much riding on it, he may. I, I don't done. know. I'm, no, may well I'm, I'm telling you, I, 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 we all watch a lot of Premiership, and I'm telling you, any Premiership game. That is automatic pen yellow card. So it might have been the case that I had mean, it been an Italian ref, we could have gone, or oh, maybe they do it differently in the Pro 14. Or... But bottling it, I mean, I would get it if he was bottling it if the teams were reversed because of the home team. I think it takes a lot of bottle to go against the Welsh team and the Welsh crowd. Mm. That's yeah. a big decision. 
And I, he gets it wrong, but I don't think he's bottled it. I think, actually, he would have bottled it. If it yeah, if you reverse those teams, I, definitely is that case. I, I, you can t- get it wrong, but not bottled you, it. You would not see that not being given a penalty oh, and, I've seen and a yellow card in any you. premiership yeah, game. I, I, do, that. I do agree with that. But, and that's where I, I don't like the inconsistency. But I, I don't hate that call because someone, someone um, I can't remember where I read it, but someone said um, Will Emsey wasn't there, knew what he was doing. Yeah. And it, in my head, he did know what he was doing. But actually, the best thing that he can do... So, by the time he's committed to that tackle, he doesn't know if Ken Owens is going to hold it, pass it, ship it, tap it on. He doesn't know what's going to happen. So mm. he commits, hoping the best thing is he gets man and ball. Yeah. And after that, he hopes he at least tackles high enough to dislodge the ball or, or knock the arms. So I, do, I, I don't put, hate the do decision. Think, who puts their arm... Like, if you're tackling, you at least have your hand... Wrapping in towards the body, he has his palm like he's hitting it like a volleyball. All right, look at it from the other side. The other I, side. Right? I think his arm was an insurance policy. We he think, was going man and ball. His arm. Was we, a, best case, would we be all man agree and ball. that if it's a Premiership or any high standard of rugby, with not as much riding on it potentially, but we all agree most of the time that is given as a yellow card penalty try, don't we? Well, uh, definitely yellow card. Yellow. Yeah, I'd question. I the mean, penalty yeah. try. Josh, Josh Adams is scoring that if he gets it. So but, but then, yeah, so his penalty but, but you don't know the trajectory of the ball leaving Ken Owens' hands. Yeah. No. You don't know if it's going behind him, above him, to his so, knees. But we all know that... This is like, top try scorer at the okay. World Cup, Josh Adams. If it, it goes to his hands... Finish yeah. It. yeah, if it goes to his hands, but we, but do we know, don't know. We, I mean, we can all sort of agree that, that, that the consequences for doing this are serious. Yeah. And so then let me ask you this. Do we think that Wilhelms is that stupid that when he's made all of his decisions, he thinks, right, I'm going to knock it on now with this amount of time to go, uh, with that score... And with these consequences, there is no way he decides decides to do that. In my in my well, opinion, uh, th- that sort of thought process d- doesn't happen, does it? But you, yes, I think knock it forward. I mean, that's the last thing you want. No, yes, I think his arm was going. I think his arm was going for. He was going yeah. man and ball tackle with his arm out wide enough to get the ball as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I that, have some. That's sim- where I am. That's why I have some sympathy for the the decision. I also have sympathy if he said, "Yeah, yellow card," because. You know, you were careless. You were careless and you ruined yeah. a, a try. Uh, but actually, I quite like it not being like that because, yeah, it could be careless. He didn't mean to, so, to knock it on. He was in the process of a tackle. So how do you then, if you, t- if you took that... Well, you, no one means to knock if, it on. If you took that, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, if you, took, <laughs> yeah. if you took what you're saying now, how do you then transpose that onto any other game? What? How, how's, that, how's that? As in, how do you, where do you draw that line between... If, if he's got palm up... Mm. I don't think he did. He did. We'll have to. Re- well, he, hit, he hits it forward I mean, like a volleyball. Do, we could do ten minutes of me saying he is. Whether it was accidental or not, whether it was accidental or not, it's one of those where you, where we've argued many times about high tackles and stuff, and you and you say, yeah, I don't think he intended to hit him high, but you put yourself in that position because you just you were you know you didn't go you could you could have gone lower. He could he he put himself in the position where his, his palm is hitting it like a volleyball it? forward. Who reviewed it? Um, the, the, the TMO, TMO, the TMO yeah. is a very experienced TMO, and it was so. Did he, did he, I, I and it was Carl, sound, Carl so. Dixon. Carl Dixon was, Dixon the, was the near side. So he gave the original coordinate. It's fine. Yeah, Carl Dixon said, you, "I think that's fine. That's in the tackle, or whatever." However, he phrased yeah. it. You go back and you go back and look at again, and Wayne Barnes and the three of them are stood together. You go back and look at Wayne Barnes's face. Mm. I think he knows. But you kept it quiet. That, no, that, but, that's, no, that's a conspiracy. If if you are. Uh, a Welsh fan or a Welsh player, yeah. that was not the sole reason for the defeat in, in my head. Tomkins, I, I, I'm going to put a, a lot of blame contrib- on, to- a big on, contrib- on Tomkins. A big contrib- a contributing factor for sure. But yes, you're right. They That was a 14-point try, that one for Untermac. 
because uh, that was a try for Wales if that if that if yeah. Tompkins gives it slightly earlier. I tell you what, he so, um, Tompkins did some brilliant things as well. He is Wales. He is the epitome of the new Wales. Does brilliant things. Ultimately, does stupid things in in at big times. So he knocked it on just before half time. Killed yep, that move. That killed the move. Um, amazing break. Gives the ball. They're probably in. And he did something else as well, which I thought the, was the the bit I found weirdest about Tompkins was the number of times he found himself at um, dummy half, mm. scrum half, demi half. Nice. When there was a scrum half there, when Gareth Davis was there. And he found himself well, it's picking up and passing. His first game, I thought he looked brain dead in defence. He looks like he's lost. Now that seems to have cleared itself up a bit. And I know he's new to international new, rugby, and he's and already new systems. New systems. He's already making an impact. So you know, these things might iron themselves out. And he might become. He looks really promising. incredible. He's, he's, but promising's not really good enough, is it? I mean, well, it, it's well, this well, is this is a great example of where stats only tell the half of the story because his offensive stats are by far the best, not just in the Welsh team. By far the best on the whole pitch, yeah. in the whole team. But for all the good things he did, there were something else a which few I... strange ones. Yeah, there's something else he did as well, which I can't remember now. I should have written it down. But I just think, you know, like that break, statistically, that break will go down as something brilliant, something genius. But actually, he should have given the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it doesn't really tell the story that I want it to tell. I yeah. don't, I, I'm not as much of a doom monger on Wales as... It's over, Tim. As it's you over. are. <laughs> yeah, me me you, neither, me neither, to be honest. I, I th- it's not going to turn itself around. It's going to get worse. They they could have won that game. Uh, well, yeah. But this is... Quite, yeah. some, some better decision-making. I know they should have won a coulda, but yeah. This is just the Wales of old. No, this is what this is we're back to. So on that then, moving off Wales, how good are France or how... How much have England and Wales flattered to deceive France? I think France are legitimately very, very good. And the reason I think this is because they can beat you in multiple different ways. So that Wilhelm's try at the start was just brute power. Just brute power. Uh, front peel. Front peels don't front work. Front peels don't work. Well, front peels don't work. This is a nonsense. How could you score a try from a front peel? How many yeah. times in, like, in my rugby playing <laughs> days... From school level <laughs> right up to first, do you practice front peels on a Thursday night or whatever, and then they never ever work. Never. So that, that struck me as a Sean Edwards identifying a weakness in the Welsh defensive pattern. Mm. That they'll always put the scrum half and the blindside winger there on a five meter. I'm pretty sure Paul... I designed the system, so I know <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I'm pretty but sure. Yeah, the plans for the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Right, that um, Paul Will Wilhelms or Vilemsi Vilemsi Vilemsi. I'm sure he's one of the biggest players ever to play in social rugby. I'm sure he's up there. He, he's he's big. Like he's uh, 120 plus, isn't he? He's huge. He's, he's, yeah, 130 kg and six, seven or six. So eight. I'll just I'm look him up. certain when France put out their biggest ever pack, the biggest ever pack for international rugby last year, he was in the second row on, on debut, and he stood up to as being massive. Yeah, he's six seven and 135 kg, which That's is a big man. 21 and a half. I don't know. Can so you confirm? Is that a big man? It's quite large. It's a big man. Now, is that a tight head lock? That's what I want to know. <laughs> sounds like a tight head sounds lock. Sounds like a tight head lock. <laughs> it's definitely not a loose head lock. It might not be a loose head lock. If a loose head lock exists. Well, I think that's where I'm going next. I don't think loose head lock exists. I think they're all tight head locks now. Because <laughs> props are so powerful. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sorry. Do you know, uh, Roman Untermach, it was the first player... Uh, yeah, the first player that wasn't a back rower to get a man of the match. Oh, oh, sorry, this, uh, sorry. If you're on the BBC, player of the match, player of the match. Oh, why? Can we not say man? You can't that? say man. Of course not. Do you want to assume? Yeah, because because we defend all the women that played. Of course. Mm. 
Well, in that game. In that game. Well, yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason, it's player of the match. Yeah, player of the match. <laughs> there is a long and proud tradition of uh, you know, Wales mid, uh, <laughs> midfield defenders being women. I mean, yeah, that's that's a fact. Anyway, but yeah, he was the first player that wasn't a back rower. Amazing stuff. In the tournament. In the tournament. So oh, let's talk about um, Gregory Aldrich, by yeah. way, who's a bloody amazing player. They've got I mean, a few handy players. He is an outstanding player. How... Eddie Butler gets a lot of stick, doesn't he, for the um, pronunciation of names. Benjamin Kizel. Gregory is half Scottish. Wesley Fofana. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, he might not be full Scottish. He grew up it, in France. He's, but he's yeah, Scottish. He's, he's certainly got one Scottish parent. Yeah. His name is Gregory Aldrich. Ed, Eddie, Eddie Butler's <laughs> eased up on that a little bit. Have you noticed? No. I did. I noticed. You, <clears> but you, I also noticed his Untermac was a, like a grunt. Roman. 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 <clears throat> <clears throat> Do you remember the uh, Liverpool football player uh, Sebastian Quates <laughs> or whatever his name is? Uh, no, no I don't, don't he know. was like Peruvian or Paraguayan or something like that. Is that the same thing? <laughs> right. So for years, <laughs> some the, Central or South American, yeah, some Central American, uh, you know, heritage of some sort. Right, uh, and the commentators used to go on all the time, like Sebastian Quates. Uh, anyway, turns out he had a. a um, a Scottish dad, and his name is actually Sebastian Coates, and we've all been... <laughs> Coates. Yeah, he was at Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Coates. It's actually Coates. He's got, a, he's got an actual Scottish dad. Same with Aldrich. His name's Aldrich. So, there you go. That, that, that was my analysis of, of France's number eight play. I, I don't think... We'll get on to England, obviously, but to answer your question about France, yes, they're very good. They've had a good tournament. I... I think they did not get the best of England. England had one terrible half, mm. and every and everyone, yourself included, thought the wheels have come off England, and it's a dreadful England. England or England or we know exactly what they are now. Yeah, and um, and France beat a decent Wales team who could have won it, and will kick themselves. Yeah, yeah I mean, France yeah. deserved the win. Don't get me wrong; they they, they are mean, good. The ambition of some of the stuff. I mean, the try which was disallowed for France. Oh yeah, that was might beautiful. have been one of the best tries of the last decade. Well, should it have stood? When did you first start watching Five Nations or Six Nations or whatever? Oh, as long as as early as I can remember. I think. Yeah, for me, mid nineties. Yeah, well, for me, it was like late eighties, and that's what I remember of France. Of France, yeah. yeah. That 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 was France right there, and. When they make a break, they flood players through. They offload. They cut different angles as they l- lift the ball. You know those little drills you used to do in training, where like you were, you sort of you run in a line, like, like, in, like in, a triangle, Indian file or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you just lift the ball and move to the side, and someone else comes through. Yeah. Comes but through so the, the middle. Ball basically so the ball basically stays goes up and down yes. in yes. exactly the same place. That is like that. That to me is like how France play but they, they do that cut all sorts of different angles and, and they and like you say that's that disallowed try was uh, so french it was amazing and just for that i mean there should be a rule that you can overall one forward pass a game or something because <laughs> it just wasn't worth the wasn't worth the price the rugby community had to pay not yeah. to have that try oh it's amazing it, it was a forward pass sadly it definitely was, it definitely was. but it was it was a brilliant try besides because <clears throat> there's the break from boutier um Vakatawa hitting the line there's the offload out of the back when he's going into touch oh, by Teddy yeah. Thomas, the pickup, and then there's the vision and the crossfield kick by <clears throat> Tamak mm. uh, and Fiku finishing it off. It it was magnificent. But yeah, I um, this French team is going to get better and better and better. 
and the Sean Edwards defence is going to get more, uh, more and more solid. And as they find more of their identity and more cohesion, they are going to be awesome. How French is it to be really good four months after a World Cup, though? <laughs> Not that French. I mean, I don't know. Inverse World Cup yeah, cycles. I, I mean, what I would it's say all is... So the next one. This is under the French because they are <coughs> building something. Whereas what we usually have is this sort of weird stuttery start and stop, which is they are wonderful one week and then they're terrible the next. But you can see the progression. And I actually think they've been properly coached and they've got proper talent. I don't think this is French. Well, it is French. They're playing a wonderfully French way. But now they've got the Sean Edwards thing in there. I think I just see them improving every game as they go and lose to Ireland in Tom, the two weeks' time. Thomas McPherson has tweeted us to at Rugby Podcast and asked the question, should Bigger be punished by the referee's constant gobbing off at the, uh, the ref? This is a pretty quick one, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Uh, depends what he's saying. So There were times definitely in that when he mouths FFS. Mm. Um, uh, he should... like That is perfectly legitimate too. Depends what um, he's saying it to. Penalise. No, yeah, but, I, I, you know, he, he might be saying that to himself in, like, disappointment with his own actions, or he might be saying it to the referee. Oh, come he, on. he was staring at the referee, like, uh, I mean, rolling it, it, his eyes and throwing his arms to the side. It needs to be stopped, because we... Uh, there's, the there's a lot of things that have happened... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that have happened this season where rugby can't sit on its on any sort of lofty perch about values and stuff, and this is, this is just one thing that just... I. I cannot, I cannot abide, and I cannot stand. And referees have got to get a grip of this. Do it early. Yeah. F- first time anyone does it, penalise them or march I mean, them back. Dan Bigger is particularly bad at this. He, um, he's probably the worst. he's not alone. Him and, and Farrell, and fly half, Farrell and Sexton. Sexton's bad for it. Yeah. I guess you just come to expect it from fly halves, and that's not to say it's right. Yeah, it, it's not right. And they do have a direct line of communication with. God, it must be yeah. hard actually. It must be hard having. Um, the greatest fly half on the planet in, in um, bigger <laughs> shouting at you. He knows he knows stuff which you don't as, as well. That, that's the other thing. He is incredibly brave. Andrew Foster actually. Let's just pick up on that. Has tweeted and said, "Lads, who's your starting ten for a hypothetical lines test next week?" Sexton woefully out of form. Farrell mostly playing twelve. Finn not in, not playing at all. Uh, leaves bigger or Ford? Does it? I agree with him. Yeah, bigger or Ford. Who would you pick? Billy Burns. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would be happy with either um, Bigger or Ford. I think big game need to make all of your kicks. Basically, and they're not one off, are they? They're three off test matches, three off test matches on a twelve-year cycle. Dan Big is your man. I'm, I'm going. I'm still going Farrell. I'm going. Do you know what? Lions test next give, week. Still, who's, who's, give him a few pints. Send send on Finn. <laughs> start with Bigger. Start with Bigger. And if you're down at half time, send on Finn. Who's your twelve? Is a key question for this. Well. Mm. I know Manu plays 13, but I'd be tempted to take Manu. Yeah. Really, really tempted to take him. No, actually, you're right. The 12 is such a tough one to pick that I may be Farrell is 12. Well, yeah, and that's Maybe it's Ford. Ford and Farrell work really well. We'll get on to England. But, mm. but that's what they did in 2017. And, and yeah. 12 is a very difficult position. I mean, Wales had to go to New Zealand. Ireland had to go to New Zealand. England had to go to Wigan. Mm. Uh, Scotland had to go to Australia. Three of the starting twelves are Antipodean, and one of them is a ten. Yeah, that's, you could yeah. you could go for two. Like, you could go for two big men and, and have a Manu at twelve if you had a second pair of hands from fifteen. But I don't think there's anyone that fulfills that role. No, I know Scotland have been trying to do that a little bit with Hog. Yeah, but Hog is 
that he's what he is. Yeah. Anyone know which current fullback played fly half for the, for the Lions? Uh, Hogg was selected Hogg Hogg played, in 2013, game, yeah. wasn't he? In fact, I'm he sure was he was the, taken as a reserve. He 10. was the third choice 10, but he was also 15. It's a very Eddie Jones move. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm guessing <laughs> not Eddie Jones enough. By the way, Ben Earl in training was running at wing and 13. Of course he Why was. Why not? Of course he was. I mean, he's rapid. He is very, very quick. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, any, anything else? Anyone wants to add to Wales? Um... Not really. France, I think you're exactly right that France will continue to get better. Mm. I do think France, pe- people right now are slightly overestimating how good they are right now. I think they're, in, I say they're underestimating them. No, they're underestimating the potential. Mm. They're overestimating where they are right now. I totally agree. Because I think if you replay that England game, England win six out of ten. But just imagine all that French flair. But with the ability to squeeze tight games. Oh yeah, and oh, that's no, no, why and you're talking awesome. potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that is that that's happened. That's now happened. So what what's really impressed me about France, and also would give me optimism if I were say Ireland to play them in a couple of weeks' time or three weeks' time, mm. is so France's defence looks magnificent on in their twenty-two, because so the reason I, I raise that is because defensive structure is it gets ever more simple the closer you get to your own line. Yep. You have fewer and fewer decisions to make. Every individual player has fewer and fewer decisions to make the closer you get to your own line. If you're on the halfway line or the opponent's 10-meter line and you're defending, you've got fundamental decisions. Do you drop one player, two player, three players? Do you blitz from 13? Do you blitz from the winger? Do you blitz from 12? How many forwards do you stand in line? All of those are decisions that change line speed, change position, change blitz, change spacing. When you're on your own line, it is just, it's line speed. Blitz no, off the line who, and just hit the man in front mm, of you. Yeah, doesn't, so. matter, doesn't matter who you are, just take blitz and take the man. So it's not surprising with the language barrier of Sean Edwards, I know he does speak some French, some limited French, that the simplest thing has come so effectively so fast. But also France do concede um, yards and they do concede line breaks further down the field. And mm. that stuff will take some time to to solidify, and they will get there. But I just I think they've been a little bit lucky with getting away with uh, certainly England and Wales misfiring. I can see I can't see Ireland upsetting them. I weirdly can see Scotland doing it. Though. I can maybe see Scotland. Sorry, just Lin. Lin speed. Lin speed. Yeah, that's how so, I can see us all panning out. I don't think I, I think I have no doubt that if if Edwards can get it right, the talent that's available to this French team is almost unparalleled. Look what having several professional it? divisions does to the depth and quality of squad. <laughs> oh, look but, at Boutier, who was playing pretty dirt it's last crazy. season. It's crazy. Look at this one. Um, uh, I, I kind of agree. I agree with J- J- JB. I agree with you about the uh, the potential. I, I agree with Phil that there's uh, people. Maybe being a bit too trigger happy with some of the thoughts. Here's an example from a, a listener, and I really appreciate you tweet Johnny McFadden at Rugby Podcast. And we, there is a tendency to do this. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Farrell, coach out of his depth, poor man Sean Edwards. So, uh, before, so let's let's move to England Ireland for a second. But before we do, JB, why don't you tell us why England having a dominant win against Ireland is bad news for England? Well. Because it tells me <laughs> exactly who England are, and we know this. We know, you know, it's it's kind of out there. They are a physical, bullying team, and if you are physical with them, they lose. 
and that's basically all that they are. Um, and Ireland, as I've been saying all week, are England, but just not quite as good. They are about 10% worse than England. And it shows them, that's why they got ap- absolutely manhandled. It did, I, I have to agree with that, it did look like that on this game. Yeah. It did look like two teams trying to play against each other in the kicking game and the power game, and Ireland coming badly second yeah. best on both those I mean, counts. They, they do, they look like an underdeveloped England team. And they don't even they don't even look comfortable doing it. Because I think about Leinster, and Leinster do have an amazing kicking game, they do have an amazing power game, but they do so much more. Maybe the power game for Leinster is so much more threatening because they can do all these other things. And it doesn't seem that this is what Ireland do. They seem to be stripped down to just this, this one thing and there's nothing else that they offer. The, uh, the, the 10% could possibly be quantified in the context of George Ford is playing the best rugby of his life and Johnny mm. Sexton is a shadow of the World Player of the Year from a couple I of years ago. I could not agree more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have the two most important players who are the undroppables in Murray and Sexton and they're playing that bad, you have to drop them. They have to go. Like, Cooney should have been on much, much earlier. Both for his kicking at sticks and for his kick, uh, kicking out of hand. Um, they brought on Byrne event, um, eventually. I think I'd have done that much, much earlier. It could have happened earlier. Cooney definitely could have happened earlier. I sort of think with Sexton, I feel like we've been watching his decline since just before the World Cup. Do you know when he got substituted? Um, I can't remember which game it was. Because he got substituted before the World Cup. And he looked really disappointed. Well, and he was like, hey, he's just had an off, an off day. And he's not really recovered. In the, I mean, he is getting on now. Not that his pace has ever been uh, mm. spectacular. But he had played so little rugby in before the last Six Nations. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Because of Autumn International's injuries, not playing for Leinster, and then kind of came in. And he's, he's since we saw him lifting the trophy in Monaco as World Player of the Year, he's just not looked... Yeah, he's not... He's not I've races. not seen him looking his best. And Murray was an absolute... Well, by his standards, I was going to say an absolute disaster. disgrace. No, he's not a disgrace ever. It just wasn't good. It was not good at all. The box kicks, it's almost like they you know, it's almost like they expected it to happen without trying, without doing all the little details right, without the forwards protecting him enough. Yeah. Just, oh yeah, Murray will just box kick it you know, to his normal high standard. You know, you've got to put in the effort in order to give him the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And on, on Sexton, I will say, um credit to England's um defence, rush defence. Uh, oh. uh, shutting down when when Atoji was unreal in defence uh, today. Sam yeah. Underhill, Sam Underhill, yeah, yeah. was ridiculous. I mean, just uh, well, him and Courtney Laws was so good. Yep, yeah. defensively, uh, and when you've got when you've got a pack disrupting the ball, so you're yeah. not getting clean ball to Murray and Sexton, and then when they do get the the disrupted ball, you've got. A white wall in their face, but you can't. I mean, this is it, really. You can see exactly what makes England tick, can't you? When they're on the front foot and they're bullying you and they're rubbing your head in the dirt, and Maratoji is sprinting up into back lines. Yeah. I love it. He sprints through into a back line. He gets a little finger on a guy, and that's it. He's dead. Like yeah. uh, that, know, game over. And in a way, and I watched it today and saw that a couple of times. Exactly what you're talking about, and it's the way that um, offensive linemen in the NFL manage to whilst they're being pushed by one guy, managed to just, with a hand only, yeah. stop a running back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has got, he, he's just some player. Not that anyone doesn't know that, but he is going <laughs> to, I mean, the things he's going to do in the championship, he might be the best player in the championship. <laughs> he might be. Next year. That His image it. rights are going through the roof. I was going to say, James Pettit tweeted to that rugby podcast, said, Mara's image rights 
Bargain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Teddy also tweeted, um, said, can we start trusting in Eddie now? Well, yeah. Uh, well, until he loses a game and then everyone will call for his head and then he'll win a few games. And then... Do you know he's into meditation? Have you heard this? <laughs> it, he, mindfulness, not meditation. No, he said meditation. No, no hang on. The no, he, reporter, said mind, he said the mindfulness. Said is it all the same thing? The reporter is this, got it wrong. Is, it, is, it, is this not this? Hang on. Mindfulness and meditation, they are the same snake oil. Um, they are, they are, I think they are different branches of the same, same different branches. Branches. Tray. Yes, tree. Yes, yes, they are different branches. So I think, briefly speaking, meditation is is breathing techniques. Meditation is what you do when you calming re- relaxation. But but within meditate, people do you med- oh people God, do achieve you people achieve. Do you meditate? Mind- no, 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 I don't personally. <laughs> people achieve that mindfulness process uh-huh. by meditating sometimes. But the mindfulness is about being aware of how your body is. Like psychosomatically responding. Oh yeah, that makes sense. So well, because then if you're aware, oh, I've got a knot in my tummy, I'm a bit anxious at the minute. You can then deal with it. Whereas God, quite yeah. a lot of people just react on the top level. Will sort of get angry at someone near them because they're anxious, rather than being aware. Oh, I'm anxious right now. I, so, I'm J- sorry. J- you, you make got, the, you make it conscious. I, okay, I need to be mindful got, now because I'm getting really angry. <laughs> so what does that mean? What does well, that mean? Well, the fact that oh, there you go. I've that's got, exactly, I've got good perfect, mindfulness, JB. <laughs> I've got a perfect, succinct, one sentence definition we go. of the difference that will clear everything up for you, JB. Oh, okay. Yes, please, Phil. Here we go. Mindfulness is the awareness of something, while meditation is the awareness of nothing. Oh my! Wow! God. There so you, go. you know the opportunity. I explained cost. it in a very bad way, but that is the first time anyone's ever explained anything to me about mindfulness. And I thought, oh, I see. <laughs> that actually makes some sense, you know. But it's no different to saying if you're angry, take take a step back and think. Is so, it? So, kind uh, of. Well, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I will say. Okay, I, we we all mindful. Let's crack on with lineups. I will boys. say I practice <laughs> mindfulness in as much as. Um, when you're doing like TV work or something, stuff mm-hmm. stuff that's quite intense pressure you know oh, I've got one minute it's live on the telly I don't quite know where the player I'm talking to is because they're moving around warming up and I need to keep half an eye on them while I'm talking to a camera and there's someone talking to me there's a lot going on yeah. and so being quite being like aware I'm a little bit tense just need to uh, relax just relax go find my myself. player tell myself yeah all that all that and then so yeah being aware that I'm anxious rather than going in and you know when your voice tightens up a little bit mm. and then you start sounding going a bit high pitched. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Hello, Mr. <Ms. Rosergi. laughs> uh, so, um, anyway, anyway, so anyway, so Eddie Jones is Eddie Jones is doing mindful. Mindful, is mindful. If he is mindful, right? If he is the poster child for mindfulness, it does not work because <laughs> I, don't, he, I definitely don't think he wants to be that because he he is one of the most highly strung men in all of sport. <laughs> Well, it, well, him and Michael Checker, great poster boys yeah. for mindfulness. You've been doing what? For how long? <laughs> what do you make of uh, of him this week with the media? Because he has been Love very it. terse, I think was the word Nick Good. Mullins aptly used mm. in commentary today. And he's, I I like it. <laughs> it's well, hilarious. I, I like it. I mean, why? Jonas needs to take himself less seriously. I mean, the guy's just a rugby coach. And, you know, you try to push him the wrong way, pro, you know, prod him this way. Uh, get things out of him, point him in a certain way, and you know you want him to be open. And in a way, the sort of the tersus is quite open. It gives you good insights of what the guy is like. I, I love but, it. But then, as soon as people only want him, I say people, journalists only want him to be open so that they can create headlines and clickbait. So the gotcha type moments. Yeah, it's not about 
uh, being open so you can learn about the man and, and gate ga- one the, of his um, true great intellect. I, I know he. I know he. Um, yeah, exactly. I would love the questions to Eddie Jones being, you know, you've got a a four on a four on three in the twenty two. How do you you know how do you uh, solve this riddle? You've, Fire away, please. And that's what I want to. I mean, I know it's incredibly mate, boring. Mate, you passed the ball. <laughs> yeah, I know it's incredibly boring, but I want to know what one of the greatest minds thinks I, about rugby. Yeah, couldn't care about anything else. And what one of the greatest minds thinks about having five locks in your squad? Yeah, five. five. Yeah, this is an amazing thing, right? Five, five locks. The eight, which you pointed out on on, on Twitter. Oh yeah. yeah so uh, yeah. So uh, having got loads of stick for putting Tom Curry out of position from flanker to eight, where when it comes to taking uh, Courtney Laws off, yeah. he puts Tom Curry onto the flank and puts Charlie Yule's a lock at number eight. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. And when Ben Earl came on, so Yule's and Earl, Ben Earl an actual... Sat um, on the flank. He sat on the flank and Yule sat eight. Well, they, I think they sort of... Their own I, I, scrums, Earl was eight. Yeah. And so defensive scrums, I, It Yules did make me eight. think, does this mean you've got a tight head eight... And a loose head <laughs> eight. Maybe because Yules is the tight head eight. Yes. And Earl's is the loose head eight. That, mu- that must be it. That must be it. It. It, it. It's the only thing I could possibly think. Oh, no, it'd be the other way around. Defensive scrums would be the tight head one because you're, yeah. cause you, no, cause you said you said Earl would be the tight head. Oh, no, Earl, sorry, Earl would be the loose head was what Earl's I meant. Are, yeah, so, mm. yeah, Yules is the tight head eight because he gets Yules. his head right in and pushes yes. grunts on defensive scrums. Yeah. And Yules is the loose head do, eight. Do you know who the, believes in no, tight head blocks, but, by the way? Josh Beaumont one hundred percent believes in tight locks. I've never had, I've never got him so animated in in my life as to when I asked, "Do you think tight locks exist?" One hundred percent, absolutely, just completely into it. I bet he's clearly one of the locks that really puts some grunt in because the but he's a lineup guy as well. Well, he is like yeah. a guy, but the set the second rows that really really give their props something are the ones that. Are very proud. Yeah, they are. They give their props. I'm 100% tired lock. 100%. So there you go. Um, Yeah, so Eddie Jones goes five locks, two outside centres, two tens. Uh, Three outside centres. Three outside centres and two tens. Yeah. So I'd quite like to know his thought process. But I mean, there's so many things I want to know about him. And I just don't feel like these questions are asked. Let's just put it they won in a dominant fashion and will be disappointed not to have got a bonus point. Mm -hmm. Correct. Elliot Daly was excellent. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, Jonathan Joseph was really competent as a as in his first start on the wing. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, and the back row, whilst it might not enable the very best of Tom Curry, what it did having Laws and Underhill on the pitch as well was a just set the tone defensively. Yeah, I love the aggressiveness that those guys bring. And you know, maybe the Tom Curry thing isn't that stupid. Maybe because of what he brings around around the park. Yeah, maybe because I can't think of anyone else who plays eight who can do that. The only the only issue I've I've had in his three starts at eight now is his footwork in three scrums in the in mm. the French game. Besides that, he's been brilliant. Yeah, and the England scrum isn't as powerful as people think think it is. That's the other thing. There are still weaknesses in Carl Sinclair's game scrimmaging. There are still weaknesses, m- m- maybe in that in that whole scrum. Usually they're, they're fine. They'll do enough. But Carl Sinclair's an interesting one, a a, 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 a rousing my, one, a rousing one, mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> and just to set, just to make the point that the game in France was just a really bad England forty minutes. It isn't that England would, are terrible as you, terrible. as you and lots of other people 
started to say Eddie Jones has lost the plot. What's he doing? Because the difference, a lot of players just had off days, like Carl Sinclair. You, like today, he did beautiful little lift passes. Yep. He made great ball carries. He made good decisions in the game. But that's in, because he's not ga- under pressure. The game in Paris, he he was under pressure. He had but, he got, he he got had, beaten up. He had two. I was going to say two left hands, but that doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he tries playing with two left hands, mate. It works perfectly. I was just right trying to work out yeah. how that would work. Two right hands wouldn't be good either, in fairness. Yeah. So, double-handed. That's <laughs> oh, how he played. He played double-handed. Um, <laughs> just trying to work out how yeah, yeah. that would be weird, actually. Just unscrew one of them and yeah. put it in the other way. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Kyle, Sing- Kyle Sinclair's a great example of England at their best when he's on the front foot, world class, absolute dominant. When you put him into pressure, all hell breaks loose. Mate, what you're that's, just, you're, just all you're doing is describing rugby teams. Exactly. What <laughs> How is that that's, different that's from exactly any what other team? What's that got to do with England? If <laughs> yeah. they play well, then they're more that, likely to win. If they play yeah, badly, yeah, yeah. they're and more likely to the lose. The team that scores more points often wins. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that, this is it is no secret. If you don't sp- score yeah. any points, you don't win many games. I think what I'm trying to say is. You need to be physically dominant. There you go. Simple yeah. as that. And it when is. England are physically dominant, they're, they're, they're an awesome force. And uh, they're not alone in that island. Exactly the same. Yep. So they, they did struggle up front this week. Um, they were pretty dominant two weeks ago against Wales. Mm-hmm. Four try bonus point. Um, win. So what, do you, what do you think the Farrell household is like tonight? I know Owen doesn't live at home anymore. He used to, it, it was only a couple of years ago he was still living at home after games like this when Andy Farrell was defence coach with Ireland. I'm sure James Haskell lived at home until like 28. I'm sure he did. Why not? Yeah, save some money. His dad's got a massive house, so why not? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what the... Uh, like what do, what, how will his mum be so when they... Delighted, I guess. Because Owen won. Yeah, Owen won. Andy will not be happy with that performance. She'll be hugging Andy, but looking over the shoulder, yeah. doing a thumbs up and a wave. <laughs> well, at done. Owen. well done. Oh, it's okay, Andy. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Owen. I think she'd be happy with this because Owen can always be dropped. Whilst um, Andy has a contract, so he, you know, he's going to be there for a long time. He doesn't drop himself, so he's there for what three years? Uh, yeah, four years. I four, four years. He he can afford to drop a game every, you know, every so often. If it's against Owen, it's fine. But the, the island performance. It's frustrating because they, they seem to certainly in that first half they got no change out of the England defence, no change out of the line out, no change out of the rolling mall. Um, Stockers Conway Lama weren't making ground at all. Nope, couldn't get them into the game. Um, the kicks were abysmal. The f- England did a great job of winding up some of the Irish forwards. Mm. Um, James Ryan, there was a few, time bomb. Yeah, he I think was lucky. Not to do anything. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Stupid enough to give himself a yellow card. He flopped on Curry off the ball that didn't I mean, get picked up. He, yeah, you, you know, know you're doing something very, very well when James Ryan is losing his head. He you was, know he was totally yeah. losing his head. Um... I um, couldn't quite work out what happened with Farrell and CJ Stander. Maybe oh, that's, I think that was hilarious. I think Farrell was lucky not to get yellow carded. For I think that. they're both lucky not to get yellow they, carded. Oh they, come on! Well, so what? I just run, come on! Right, let, let me tell you what I saw. Farrell does something ridiculous on the floor. He's trying to hold CJ Stander. So, so I think floor, I think yeah. Stander was doing something to Maro Itoji. Whatever uh, that was, Farrell grabbed his leg. Like I'm looking after my mate. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to work. And then, <laughs> um, what was it? Oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to find the tweet. Was, I'm not going to be able to find the tweet, but someone uh, sent us a tweet saying that Farrell was grabbing CJ Stander's leg like he was hanging on to a father that said he'll never love him. <laughs> <laughs> and CJ Stander was just doing some, you know, weighted, weighted and, leg raises. And then CJ Stander... Look, and I know he's not punching him on, on the floor. Open, it was it an was open, open hand. hand. Yeah, but it looks, from the angle, it looks like he's filling yeah. him in, which is a great which angle. He, which he know, deserved. Fill my heart with joy. I love this. Yeah. Do, do, do you know the times when um, when some someone ties you into a mall yeah, by, you gotta, by grabbing hold of your shirt yeah, and, and you're you, trying to get away? What do you do? Slap it. You whack their arm. Yeah. You, yeah, punch, yeah. you punch down on their arm, and that's just a bit of self-policing. Yeah. We shouldn't get rid of... All the self-policing. I'm, we not saying, I'm not saying we, that we should. We just... shouldn't dish out penalties and yellow cards for all of the self-policing. A bit of it was all right, and it was a bit of fun. It was good to watch. Now, Stander also got into it with Itoji, didn't Itoji he? Itoji with the shirt. Yeah. And Itoji had both Stander and James Ryan at one point. He's tying both of them in. Who got into a little bit of orgy-borgy on the weekend? Uh, Teddy Thomas and Josh Adams had a little bit. Did they? No, someone else. I've, what am I thinking of here? Was it was it the sale game? I was, was going to say, I bet it's a sale game. <laughs> was it a sale game? Oh, I was going to say it's a joke. Dan Cole and John O'Ross. Dan Cole and John O'Ross. That was, that was a little bit, real good little bit of a um, good bit of a ding dong there. <laughs> good. Although I don't know. I mean, I respect John O'Ross a lot, but I don't think he I don't think he's going to be able to intimidate Dan Cole with a bit of wrestling. No. Then Dan Cole's on top of him. Like Dan Cole's going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so yes, I mean, there's a lot of people on in the cesspit on Twitter was saying that's got to be a yellow card red card this, you can't you can't do that both for CJ Stander and for Owen Farrell let the boys play well, get I on with sort it of kind of, I, I agreed with Owen Farrell when he got up he goes you can't do that I was like I agree with Owen I, I'm with Owen on, on that. wow yeah, but, put yeah, that on the whiteboard yeah you grab you, <laughs> but there you, again then you I grab, you grab CJ Stander's yeah. leg and because Owen Farrell's point was he was bound on in the mall he can't just get up and leave them all uh, which is fair enough but was also if uh, yeah, or a ruck. Well, no, no, he ruck. was bound onto the ruck. Sorry. Yeah. So Owen was like o- Owen's Farrell's point was he can't. He was bound into the ruck. So, but nevertheless, if you're on the floor, you're out the game. Yeah. Exactly right. So I when I saw the first thing of the slapping, oh, that's a bit naughty. Someone, someone should get penalised for that. But then I watched the in- initial thing. I thought that's stupid. Why is he holding onto his? Le-? I mean, I it, couldn't that's... work out what he was trying to achieve. 
that's the bit that got me. It was just so stupid. I mean, if you, just think, if you just think about it like this, where would you want your number one playmaker and leader? Oh, I'd like him at the bottom of the ruck holding on to Nate's leg. <laughs> no, no, you want him on his feet in the defensive line or ready to get a ball. Getting slapped in the stomach yeah. by number eight. It makes no sense. <laughs> I, 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 as an Englishman, I quite like it when Owen Farrell is hated by other people. Owen Farrell, as I've said many, many times, is the... Is basically the the pl- wants to be the player that Dan Bigger is. That is that, that is where we're at. He would love to be Dan Bigger. He's a, like a, an, he's a really bad Dan Bigger impersonator. <laughs> he was awesome. Both of them he were awesome. awesome. They were both awesome. Uh, uh, just just on the Farrell thing, uh, Steve Parrott, who has tweeted us to uh-huh. say about your it, rudeness, actually. Oh, yeah, did it? you see Steve Parrott today? Oh yeah, well, about my I went down to Exeter. Incredibly rude. And he said I stayed indoors the whole time. Which is, is that true? Is you, you have mentioned that you don't like to mix with the masses. What do you call a mass? Uh, the the proles. Pro- proletariat. Yeah. Well, how is how Exeter, how is Exeter today? Exeter's got a great <laughs> setup where the, the the tunnel and the whole tunnel area you can get yourself a brew. Uh-huh. There's a little monitor, so when there's something you want to go and look at a replay. Do BT can, still have those security guys that clear the way? And tell people not to look you in the eyes. Do you know when you're in, yeah. in, in like the crowds? Yeah, contracted. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Actually, you know, I, <laughs> don't look at him. I, I, I did a bit today that was uh, on the other side of the pitch, in front of like the real diehard cheese fans, not the side with the tunnel. And I walked over there, and the second, and I've seen this before when Martin Bayfield's doing some bits and bobs. Uh. The second that anyone with the microphone goes over there, they try their best to put you off. Anything they can, so they make loads of noise. They they were going. We want flats. We want flats. <laughs> Unbelievable. While I was doing it, and uh, who are you? Who are you? It was, it was, it was good crack. Uh, anyway, Steve Parrott says, uh, is the Farrell father-son relationship a retelling of the Odysseus and Telemachus relationship in Homer's Iliad? Uh, that is a question for Stuart Barnes, not me. Which is, so Telemachus is the, uh, the son of Odysseus and Penelope uh-huh. in Greek mythology. When Telemachus reached manhood, he visited, he, he went in search for his wandering father. On his return, he found that Odysseus had reached home before him. Then father and son slew the suitors who had gathered around Penelope. According to later tradition, Telemachus married... Oh, so what's that got to do with this? Oh, right, so basically they're fighting for for mum's mum's affection. Uh, Right. Okay. Sorry. I've got no idea. Uh, Going back to the hug. Yes, probably right, Probably, yes. A beautiful... Yes. Yes. That might get that might get kids interested in Greek mythology again. Exactly. Right. And turn them off Ruby Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh right. Uh any more about uh, yeah, let's just mention um uh, Ireland's woefulness in their own dead ball area. The only time they really yeah. need to be that turned on and they completely switched off. Yeah, and the, the terrible from Ireland perspective. It's Good to exploit it from an England perspective, but that actually does highlight a weakness of England, which played out in the France game, it played out in the New Zealand game in the semi-final, even though England played brilliantly in that, which is they get into the right parts of the field and then they they seem to lack that uh, creativity, that spark to get agree. the final five metres. Yeah, and, and this was just, this was Ireland mistakes. And the Karen Dickey try, which was just pure power. Yeah, if they don't have a bit of trickery up their sleeves, sometimes they do fail, and they did fail quite a few times in, in the five meet, in the five meter area. Yeah. They seem to be very frantic. That's that's a good word to describe it. Everyone's running a million miles an hour, mm. literally a million miles an hour, literally, 
onto literally it, onto it and there's only so many times you can do that mm. and they will it just fails yeah actually maybe a bit more of an exit to pick and go take your time mm. grind them through Grind, grind through the gears. Keep grinding. Aim towards the posts. The infinite grind of Exeter Achieves. Yeah, which I can't wait to talk about later. Uh, in a few days' in a time. Of days in time. a couple of days' time. Of course, in a couple of days' time. Uh, cool. So that's uh, everything in Six Nations, unless anyone's got anything else to add. <clears throat> uh, I'm just having a look. Oh, uh, Tom Crick, Twitter Rugby Podcast, Death Taxes, and Second Half, Cow and Dicky Mall Tries. Very yes. good. Agreed I still, I still, I, I like. He came on earlier than I was yeah. expecting. Karen Dickin, Karen Dickey. I thought he played really well. He's when he came on. A, he's, he's pressuring for a start. Jamie he's George is that good well. Though. Oh, Jamie, Jamie George, George is was ace. good. George. I love having both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. Karen Dickey made two superb cover tackles on John Cooney when Ireland broke England's line. Best hooker matchup I've seen in the flesh: Karen Dickey versus uh, Acker. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was I remember brilliant. That. Yeah, the, the um, is that in, in the Euro- European game. This I don't season? know what it was. But It'll uh, always be mullet hyphen dicky to me. MHD. Yep. MHD. We used to call him MHD. Yeah. <laughs> LCD. Uh, also, LCD, did you MHD. Notice, um, the wasp prop uh, Stuart had a rather swanky new haircut. Oh yeah, Marla's haircut. No, no, Marla got his removed completely. Marla, yeah, which looked cool with the beard. Very cool. Yeah. And Hard. and and Genj, I wasn't sure about his little artwork on the side of his head, but hey. Whichever uh, Genj can do whatever he I'd, wants. I'd prefer he. I would have preferred it if he'd done what Joe Marler did a few years back and had sausages shaved <laughs> shaved in Perfect. into his hair. Um, Genj, his first scrum when he came on, awesome, loved was it, awesome, loved it. I didn't agree with the, the pinging on the second one though. No, I thought that was a bit harsh, but again, it's lottery time. Yeah, and at, the, at that point, it kind of didn't matter really. No. Trevor Morgan tweeted uh, the out of position lads played really well. I might have already said that tweet actually but anyway yep. um, Gaz tweeted saying he's on his way back from the game and he's an Ireland fan and he's been musing on a poor performance the hot takes much as we've already said Murray and Sexton well no I'm not saying that he said Murray and Sexton end of days now I agree <sighs> well it's end of days in terms of they're not going to be around for f- in another four years Murray will be why hell's Murray I want to say 30. 30. I, and the thing is, Cooney's not a young man either. 28, 29. Yeah. I mean, Cooney's definitely got a World Cup in him. Murray, not so much. Mind you, no one, is there anyone else really emerging? He is he's 30. Well, we, we, it, um, we'd be having a different conversation if Carberry had been fit all season. Yeah. On the 10th. He, he's yeah. had a couple of years of injuries, yeah. Carberry. Are you missing another 10 somewhere? Burn, Burn. Well, the two Burns. So Burn and Burns. Billy oh, and Paddy Burns. Jackson. And they'll be ruining the what happened to Paddy Jackson. Or what, pa- what Paddy Jackson brought upon yes, himself. correct. Yes, whatever happened there. Right, bring it home, Tim. And uh, Stockdale, very poor, is what you also so, said. Which yeah. is you haven't said, because he's another... He was another that you would you would be saying a, a year or two ago, oh, he's a Lions starter. But you, he's, you not, he's, he's not looking necessarily like a Lions starter at the moment. No, no but they are, as I said before, they're struggling to bring him into the game for whatever reason. I tell you what, talking of Lions starters, uh, George North. Oh, oh poor George North. I, know, I don't say George this lightly, North. I think he should give it up. He looked really good right, I just yeah. in, that, in that opening quarter yeah, right, yeah. before he got the It's knock. just, I think it's too dangerous now. Uh, well, so he's going out with or married to... What's the name of the cyclist? cyclist? Cyclist, yeah, Olympic cyclist. I think she's pregnant uh-huh. at the moment. 
it might be time to. I call think. It, I mean, it's, I just it's, the number of times and the and ease. How, the, it's the ease and how bad they are. I mean, that one was totally innocuous rugby incident. And yeah, no, one, no one suggested anything otherwise. But yeah. he was the violence down. of how he hits the ground. Oh God! I think it's. Pro- I don't. It's not really about if I want to watch it or not. Really, it's a more a case of BBC like. BBC replayed that like five times at half time. Yeah, it should not have. That should not have been replayed. I, yeah, I think he, I. I, I hope he's been fine. wise with his money because I think he should give it up now. I just don't see there's. Uh, the money is great, and this is kind of this is the deal, deal with the devil of professional rugby. He is getting paid a lot of money, so just to give it up is going to be difficult. I read, but I think I would read the Shantane Happy um, mm. story that he told a few years ago of being the big big money player playing in France and effectively hiding his concussions. Yeah, and read about the consequences. Well, how long is he going to be stood down for now? It's, it's return to play protocol. So he might, if he passed the protocol, he could play on the weekend. Because, and the other thing about concussion is, no is it doesn't have to, you can get a concussion f- without contact. Mm. It can be from a, a tackle at waist height that whiplashes, Whip, yeah. whiplashes your body. So, no, it, you it's can't, so it's not like that. Well. That's why they have the, the standardised yeah. test things and why it's a medical condition. Why George North will have to be very honest about any symptoms, headaches. That, I hope he is. Kind of I, I mean, I'm sure he will be. Yeah, well, you know, you know, no deal. You don't know what, what no. you don't know what money's involved, what financial pressures there are. You don't know any of these Sh- things. Shantane happy again, exactly. I, the education, I think, is is much better these days and getting better. But there's still a lot we do. There not again, know. with all you know, I'm saying give up now. But with all the knowledge in the world, if I knew everything about concussions, but you still offered me 250k for another year, I think I'd, I think I'd, I'd lie. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to earn 250k once I've stopped. Yeah. So uh, I think I would like, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, enough of that. Yeah, it's not an easy decision. What a thrilling end. What a depressing... What, what, what a really upbeat end. Oh, there forgot. must be something more... Right. Okay, here's something a bit more upbeat then Go to on. end on. Uh, try and find the video. I, can't, I was just looking and I can't find it. But basically, when George Ford kicks the ball out to end the game and go to celebrate a, a fantastic test victory at Twickenham <laughs> against Ireland... He absolutely wallops the ball low, and it it whacks an old fella in the face. Oh, well, no. weird you mention this, right? Because when he scores his try, he kicked it low. Then he kicked it low, right? I was like, "Is that one's the where's yeah. the oh, no, oh no, that might be that, that, that might be the that, try. That might be the try. Yeah. I've just watched the video of him kicking the ball into. It just I, it might, be, it might be that guy. Is he in the ball area? Yeah, and he's got a, he's got a flat cap on, and he sat down with a and um, yeah, just gets clocked Concussed in the face. Now. <laughs> I mean, if he'd have caught it, he might have um, you know, grabbed that special treat been, for his eightieth. He, he might have been dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> uh, wait, I thought we'd go for something more beat. <laughs> Um, he also celebrated and it looked like he wanted to jump into the crowd yeah he did so, oh, okay okay settle down George settle well, down I look at him and I think the amount of stick that he has taken over the last few years and the number of even England fans that just need to eat proper humble pie and I think about Eddie Jones I definitely think about George Ford um I, I absolutely. I just think he's playing out of his skin. He's very good at the moment. And the and the Ford Farrell thing, which started as an accident, and everyone was saying you can't. Then England are going to be nothing without Ford Farrell, you included. Uh, without Ford and Farrell, well, yeah. Without like you, you were heavily critical I, of Ford Farrell. Well, I. Well, hold on. You said nothing without Ford and Farrell. I think they would be nothing without Ford and Farrell. 
Oh, okay. Well, there Good. would be nothing without Ford and Farrell. What would they do? Well, yeah, exactly. So well, no, that's, they'd, that's... they'd go to Alangi Slade. No, no, no. if you got... didn't have Ford or Farrell... Marcus. But are you Marcus uh, wait, Smith? Who's the third choice in this? Uh, Marcus Jacob, Smith. Jacob Umaga. Jacob Umaga. Jacob Umaga. I think that's a fairly reasonable shot to say there'd be nothing without Ford and Farrell. Um, yeah. Uh, I love him. They're, they're doing well. They are doing well, but we know what they are. We know how to beat them. <laughs> we, we know, know what they are. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, this is why England need to be yeah. worried. And the blueprint is out there. See South Africa. Why can't there be more intelligent coaches like, for instance, Warren Gatland, who would unpick <laughs> that team at will, whenever he wants. <laughs> right, come on, Tim. Bring, right. bring it home. Come on, then. Thank you, you very much for listening to this one. Make sure you hit subscribe because we will be doing a domestic rugby podcast where we'll cover off all the other stories uh, in the, the all the rumours, the transfers, and the games from the Premiership and assorted other bits and bobs. Uh, and we'll do that. So hit subscribe in the feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your mates. Follow him at Jay Beardmore, me at Cocker, Phil Lurkin in your DMs. He'll let you know if he wants to hear, if, mm. if, if he wants He'll to find get you. in touch with you. Yeah. Uh, and we are at Rugby Podcast in the cesspit. Till next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.